This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a show about the music that inspires our lives. Brought to you by Weed Sellers. Because nothing goes better with music than weed. Weed Sellers won. With your hosts. Maggie Mayfield and David Earl Waterman. I was able to listen to one of them, and, and I plan to go back and go through all of them eventually. Oh, sure. Really? Which one was it? Mary Bird song. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long, how long, how long. I don't know Mary. Oh, okay. My friend Quentin What made Mary. you pick yeah. that up? What, what made you pick that one? She lives down the block from me. We l- see each other in the neighborhood. Yeah. I saw her in Martin Short's... Martin Short did a... A review called "The Martin Short Fame Becomes Me." Martin Short ago. Fame Becomes Me. Yeah. I remember that, and it was fantastic. And Mary Birdsong was mm-hmm. in it. She mm-hmm. was one of like the repertory crew, mm-hmm. and she did the most amazing Judy Garland I've ever heard in my life. Wow! And I'm not a big Judy Garland fan, but I was amazed at her talent. <laughs> so you're saying you did not watch Judy with Renee Zellweger, who just I won did. an Oscar for being the best actress I ever? I did watch that, and she was great. But I, I thought the movie around her needed to be better. I did too. I did too. Did you did you see it? I d- I know I did. I felt not. like they cast uh, whoever was around and yeah. the story was kind of eh. I agree. I'm like yeah. I, I'm the only one of the three of us that's not a voice actor mm-hmm. officially. Uh-huh. But but is is Mark close enough to our new Oh, do I need to get, would you like me to get I, 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 It oh. just seems like right up yes. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a cardioid, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to hear his beautiful <laughs> voice. Beautiful. Yeah, so we're talking Mary Birdsong, former yeah. guest and, uh, of our and, show. And I know she's a good friend with my friend Quentin Flynn. And mm-hmm. um, and one day, I just want to say, like, I saw Fame Becomes Me three times because I loved it so much and Mary, in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. And she was in it. And Was that a live thing? It was live, yeah. It was like oh, wow. on stage. and Martin Short live. Oh, it was incredible. It was so basically kind of a fake autobiography of himself love it love martin short and i'm just getting the notes so welcome to our i should talk into the mic um welcome to another episode of Tune shuffle i'm maggie mayfield with my host david earl waterman aka hollywood secret weapon did you know that that was his nickname that's right that's right i just got the licked finger touched sizzle (laughs) For Mark. Our, our episode today is brought to you by Weed Cellars, not infused with cannabis. In fact, it is just delicious wine, which our guest today, Mark Atherley, we are going to send you home with a bottle today. Holy Your man. own <laughs> bottle of I, Weed right. Cellars wine. That's right. the least we could do for you driving all the way to Koreatown. From Hollywood the, to Koreatown. Oh, yeah, that's a stretch, yeah. is it? Yeah. You didn't bring your wine corkscrew. With My you. father-in-law will. Be oh, delighted. good, good. That's we'll be delighted, it's, but it's a great you, regift you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for those of us that aren't wine connoisseurs. <laughs> no longer wine connoisseurs. No longer. Oh, yeah. So regift it. Um, <laughs> that's fine. No, no shame in that. So you're a voiceover actor, and uh, I'm going to preface this by saying, like, I should have been super into I didn't even occur to me to be super intimidated. So I used to work for iHeartRadio. And people are like, wow, you work in radio. You should know all about, like, microphones and all this stuff. And then I was like, I'm going to start my own side hustle and started doing voiceovers on the side. It's very simple stuff, like e-learning courses. It's very yeah, boring. Of course. But it makes... Of course. Uh, pays bills, so I'm not complaining. But I don't know a lot about this, so I've had a lot of help like setting up my own stuff. And then you walk in, I'm like, oh, my God, I just bought these microphones. And the first thing you said was like, ooh, fancy gold microphone. Like, it was cool. And so yeah. I'm so relieved. And I didn't even <laughs> panic yet. Because Mark Atherley 
is a long-term voice pro actor. And, right. And to have him compliment our setup is definitely a, a badge huge. of honor. Uh, and you know because why? Because you've been heard on things like Mafia 3. Mafia yes. 3. You did the Billboard Music Awards. Yes. You have done Mark American Hustle. And you do celebrity impersonations. Uh, well, for American Hustle, yeah, I had to do... Um, Who's the Oscar-winning guy in American Hustle? Who was kind of the main guy? Oh, yeah, oh, that guy. Oh, my God, I forgot his name. American <laughs> Hustle. This I didn't even years s- ago. I so basically what I do is sound-alikes. <gasps> and so when they, they're going to take the film, film's already made, mm-hmm. and then they're going to pl- show it on airlines or for public TV, yes. you've got to clean up the swear words. And so I will be the voice of... Christian uh, Bale. Was uh, that the uh, guy? What's his name? Isaacs. Uh, Oscar lost. Isaacs Oscar, Oscar Isaacs he's a, in he's a Drive okay. and um, so I'll just be like Oscar Isaacs suffering in the sun I think it was the character was standard and wow. I'll just be like in, in what's the swear situation on this podcast you're fine Any all, all of them work. Yeah. How, okay. you, how do you clean it up how so Oscar I- Isaacs well you go to Sony or a, a big studio mm-hmm. and it's like crazy because it's like a dream of mine just to be like on a on a movie really studio lot mm-hmm. and you walk in and they've got the big screen and they've got the guy the engineer there and the countdown one two three four five go and then you've got to match the lip flaps of the actor and if he's like fuck that I'm out of here you got to be like screw that I'm out of here and, 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 and <laughs> that's a that's a that's a pretty cool amazing skill it I is mean, so fun to parrot somebody's tone yeah. their inflection and, and capture just a couple of seconds of a curse yeah or some sort of a colorful comment that that's needs to be job. adjusted that's yeah. i've had to do a little bit of matthew mcconaughey from time to time that's know? a very good it's, right. yeah. it's kind of kind of lazy how did, when did you just first keep living out, baby. yeah that you could do this grade school because i would imitate my teachers to my mom and i'd go home and 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 my mom told me the story once. She's like, you know, one time it was like parent-teacher night. Uh-huh. And um, and she was walking down the hall and she was a little lost. She wasn't sure which room. And she heard the voice of the Spanish teacher, <gasps> Senor Lovejoy. <laughs> she heard his name, his voice. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, that's the voice that Mark does. <gasps> <laughs> and so... Uh, my son does an imitation of your voice. So I think that's what happens. You start imitating people around you, your family, your friends, your teachers. And Where was elementary school? Where did you grow up? That was in Coscob, Connecticut. Coscob, Connecticut. So I'm, I'm a Connecticut dude. And, uh, uh, Connecticut well, I was, kid? I lived in Hartford. I was born in Hartford, lived in Newington, and then we moved to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster, oh wow. And then Amish country. Mm-hmm. And then we moved back to Greenwich, Connecticut, where my dad was raised and grew up. And his mom lived there. And I had all my cousins there. And then my parents divorced in 79. How old Yay! were you? And then we moved to Glastonbury, Connecticut, With outside of Hartford, where my mom was kind of more from. That's a lot of moving around for a, yeah. for a married couple. I've heard that a lot after divorce no, and no, military. Well, that was... Yeah, my dad was like a corporate sales guy, so he would always kind of have a new oh, okay. gig somewhere else, and and um, which I think it says a lot about you know, the way I resulted in becoming like eh, chameleon boy. I can do you, and I can do you, and yeah, yeah. You don't keep friends; you keep their sound of their voice. You keep in the your head, so that's your relationship with them. Well, I think also when you move like that as a kid, each town is it's like its own memory microcosm mm-hmm. and it's just like pristinely kept yes because you remember all these little things that i think anyone who lived there and stayed there the whole life you'd be like mark who what what mm-hmm. are you talking about yeah yeah but mm-hmm. like for me it's like oh newington has its own set of i can picture the neighborhoods and the bushes we used to hide out in and 
uh, the lady who grew rhubarb, and she'd give us rhubarb pie and all this stuff. And you know, you have, um, all these little like nuggets. Yeah. Do you? Ha- I I've experienced this. Th- I went to two different grade schools, two different junior highs, two different high schools. Yada yada. So uh, this is it. Feels the same. Do you have any brothers or sisters that you can share those with? I am third of four. Oh. So yeah, my older brother and older sister, they were kind of closer in age and then there was a little bit of a, a few year gap and then it was me and then my sister, my younger sister came home on my first birthday. Oh. Bing. Well, that's close. That was my gift and the yeah. spotlight was immediately taken away. Oh so my uh, God. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> almost <love> Irish <laughs> twins. She's yeah. wonderful. We yeah. are Irish twins. Yeah. Is that yeah. what that means? Yeah, when you're when you're born within the same twelve month period or yeah. something like that. Or so conceived. I'm November twenty third and she's November eighteenth and think. Yeah, my my brother and I I think are close to Irish twins yeah. for sure. Yeah, you're conceived within sort of a twenty four month period or something like eighteen month period. Eighteen well like uh, yeah, twelve month I think really. It's but, uh, it's, it's it's not creepy at all. You're like, <laughs> Mom, Dad, what do you <laughs> yeah. I mean give, you, give it a break. I know, with your dad being so yeah. busy, like, how do they have time? <laughs> so it was, it sounds, the as, drinks. If, it sounds <laughs> as if it was a, a family where, you know, you moved around, obviously, because dad had uh, the corporate responsibilities. Yes. You, you know, maybe a hometown isn't a good definition, but postcards of many places you lived in sure. your brain. When did this urge to begin to sort of stand in front of a microphone or even begin to think about this dream come true of being on a Sony lot begin to start to mm-hmm. materialize for you? Well, probably when I started started getting into well first of all i mean i still have a cassette tape of my brother and my sister and i doing goldilocks and the three bears and i did all three bears the play and record button press play and record button <laughs> and i was able to like electronically digitize it and now it's online and Wonderful. but i think then was there was something oh that was fun and then um um when else did it, uh, I think when I started getting into music, then I then again it was like the press and record thing, mm-hmm. and I'd start doing my own radio show yep. in my bedroom. Yep. And this is uh, I don't know I would say like WMARK uh, coming up. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Everything was W back east. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right, right. And then I'd play like the intro and outro of a song. It's just amazing <laughs> because you know, two hundred, three hundred years ago, you'd see a man with an axe, and you'd begin to think, "Wow, I too will cut wood one day." <laughs> and maybe you swung your arms up and down in the motion of an axe cutter. And then our generation, which is like TV generation. Totally. And, you know, recognizing it's like, what are you doing in the bathroom? It's 814 after the hour. <laughs> and the weather is beautiful. This, and we're like, I had the same experience. I used to read the yellow pages. Before yep. you dig, drill, or blast, call one 800 I would read commercials out of the yellow. I said that last show. Yeah, you did. I did. That's that's why I'm Hollywood secret. You're one, a natural. Right? Yeah, it's you a, are a natural. It's very, it's 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 amazing. And, but you did something with it. I am well, and it wasn't until many <laughs> years later uh, when I was living in San Francisco and I saw Mrs. Doubtfire. <gasps> and I was I was working like corporate nine to five. I was working at Levi's corporate. Oh, headquarters so you were sharper on a showbiz image. track from the beginning. You did a whole blue uh, I mean, white collar thing. I mean, I did high school theater, okay. musical theater, mm-hmm. and then the foundation uh, was there. And then I was DJing for a while, wicked, like club wicked. DJ. I wish it was that cool. Oh, it would be like a wedding during yeah. the day, and then an Elks Lodge club at night, and <laughs> and it was actually spinning actual records and That's CDs, amazing. and it was heavy, yeah. yes. and laborious. The, the milk crates. And full. I can spin only what I have. Do you still have all those music? Uh, I don't. Uh, it's it's shifted over the years because I've moved three thousand miles from from yeah. back east where it all happened you know yeah so uh but i still have like uh, two thousand albums and but if you're on CDs mark atherley's social media uh-huh. 
you got a lot of music. You're always posting these beautiful images of like songs, music, album covers. Well, I created CD. one Instagram account for music stuff only because mm-hmm. bored my friends and family to tears. So I'm like, let me just set this up for the music lovers and mm-hmm. LA Vinyl Rock 77. LA Vinyl. You want to come on along for yeah. the ride? Fun. I'm currently counting down my new wave. Selections and it's alternative great. stuff. It's great. It's so twi- it's so Y-Tune Shuffle. Yeah. Because it's it's on the Why dashboard of his card. Yeah. yeah. We absolutely should steal them. Yeah. We should rip them right off Instagram. So L.A. Vinyl Rocks. <laughs> so right? what happened? L.A. Vinyl Rocks 77. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was uh, I'm watching Mrs. Doubtfire, and I was miserable in my corporate jobs. I just uh. hated it. I hated corporate nine to five. I didn't want to c- climb the corporate ladder. Yeah. They'd be like, what's your five-year plan with the company? Oh, yeah. I'm like, my six-month plan is get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um <laughs> And I saw that film, and in the opening scene, Robin Williams is in a studio, and he's doing the voice of this Tweety Bird character, and they just show it happening. And like I knew all about Mel Blanc and all that stuff for years, but it never, I never saw it like happening. And I'm like, and it just hit me. I was living in San Francisco at the time. Oh, that's where the movie He's living place. in San Francisco yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a divorced dad, whatever. He's doing his thing as a career. And I'm like, I realize this is a fictional film. I understand. But I'm like, this is a career that people do. This is people get paid to do this. Mm. And so after I saw the film, I just started like, I looked around and in the Bay Area, there were like three voiceover schools. I'm like, they teach this stuff? And so I just, I started taking classes when I could fit into my schedule. And and then I think a couple of years in, uh, uh, I, I got in front of an agent who was guest teaching a class at a workshop I was at. And, and at the end of the class... I was like, uh, one thing I hate is when this, all the students kind of hover around the person and tug on their sleeve mm-hmm. and, um, did you think that, uh, can I give you my, uh? mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I just, I am the worst self-marketer and I, I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate mm-hmm. operating on that level. And, mm-hmm. but something in, in me said, just, just go say thank you. And so there's this crowd of people around the lady, mm-hmm. um, uh, the agent. And I just said, I just popped my head over. I just said, thank you so much. You were great. I got so much out of it. Thank you. She's like, oh, wait a minute. I want to talk to you. And I was like, oh. And she pulls me aside, and she's like, listen, we're doing some auditions tomorrow for a certain thing, and I think you'd be kind of perfect for it. Would you want to come in and just try it out? That's magical. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and then all the like students are coming around me, what'd she say? What'd she say? <laughs> I'm like, ah, I just got to go try this thing. It's a thing. I, I got a thing uh, tomorrow. Oh, Suddenly that's happening. I was, I was just gleeful at just yeah. having an opportunity. Oh. Do you and remember I, what it was? It go, exactly. Yeah. What was the job? Oh, I don't know what the audition was for, but uh, I mean, my first job with them became, uh, it was a radio spot for Lombardi Sports, which was like a local oh. San Francisco sports shop. And I was yeah. like a guy on a ski lift with like a crazy guy who's on the ski lift with me. Oh, that's I'm great. the straight guy and he's like crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's but I think everyone in San Francisco who starts off in voiceover ends up doing Lombardi Sports. I think they're out of business now, but still. I remember being at that first gig like, yeah. oh, I'm in a studio. This is right. insane. Yeah. Wow. What was your first gig, David? Do you remember? Uh, gosh, the first gig that I got that was like a legit thing. I, I worked overnight radio at, uh, what the heck was the name of that station? In Ithaca, New York. Uh, That's where my brother went to college. At Ithaca College? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad as well. Uh, it was. I was a DJ. I was an overnight DJ after I got out of uh, television radio production. But like a commercial, I, I think the very first commercial I did was a lottery commercial in Boston. And remember the basketball coach who used to throw the chairs onto the mm-hmm. onto the court. The, I forget. He was famous for that. I had to be like him and 
chair chucking or something. It's like Bill something. Yeah, everybody was doing Massachusetts lottery commercials at yeah. that time. David Cross did the next one. David Cross, of course, from Mr. Show and Arrested Your Development. Roommate. Here you go. I'm, I'm dropping names because I am. <laughs> Hollywood secret weapon. Bum, bum, yeah. bum. What was your first voiceover job? First voiceover? I'll never forget it. I was working my very first radio job. I was full-time. Um, and I replaced the midday girl because she had a terrible attitude, but she had this cool like side deal mm-hmm. with this mall in Las Vegas, and they were paying her like $100 a spot. This was like 20 years ago. Um, and they were like, hey, we still need someone. Like, Do you think you can do it? So I just kind of took over by accident, and I was like, why am I making radio dollars when I can make voiceover dollars? Like, it was just... 20 well, years ago, what were you, 12? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The common denominator, I, I think the important common denominator is all three of us went to school. And I think there's, there is an, a, a lot of folks don't realize, you know, that it's not a mystery. If you feel the same energy that you want to speak in front of a microphone, you want to entertain, yeah. you want to do something, there are schools and yeah. you must pay these schools yeah. so that you can get what you, because it paid off for you. And there are a lot of shysters out there too who'll take How your money. How do you differentiate and, between a well, shyster school and a real You talk to one. people. You talk to people. You okay. talk to people in the field. You talk to people who are doing it, who have taken classes, and just, you just say, do a little. Yeah, a goal. who feels legit and who feels like, yeah, they're just taking your money and you know, yeah, I'll make your demo. Well, it worked out, mm-hmm. and and here you are at the peak of your career on Why Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't wow. think. Hey, so. I think this is my first podcast ever. It oh, is, is it? an honor oh. to be oh, that's here. That's wonderful. It, it's so it is here. so fun. Yeah. Well, I just want to remind you, David. Um, we I have researched all of the songs that you've brought in, so I've got little Y-Tunes nuggets I can drop on some of the uh, artists. Thank you for the reminder. And here we go, Mike. This is your song number one. He's got a ticket to ride. He's got a ticket to ride. Okay. Wow. So that's the Carpenters. And I, I, the reason I... radio voice. I never did radio. Oh. <laughs> you did in your home with your recorder. And that's Karen and Richard Carpenter <laughs> with the Beatles' Ticket to Ride. And this is 1965. Um, that was probably like 1973. Right, right. And here's why I picked that. Because my older sister, Marianne, had, was a big Carpenters fan. Mm-hmm. Saw them at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania back in 73. Live. Live. Yeah. Wow. Karen Carpenter on drums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tearing it up. Um, but, you know, you're a kid. And so I'm going through her albums. And they, we had headphones. And she had a yellow shag rug. And I would sit there in the <laughs> shag rug and get lost in the albums. And there was one where they were, they're in a red sports car. Or there's a red sports car and a house and stuff. And they do all these covers. And in the middle, someone's doing radio stuff in the middle. So mm-hmm. I was just fascinated by the whole concept of the record. But it's like Ticket to Ride. And I, I was aware of the Beatles. It didn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was, for me, this was the key that opened the door to like music and the Beatles and everything burst from that. So this, for me, because I remember listening to headphones. And I was like... I was a sensitive kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, because to be influenced by the Carpenters version of Ticket to Ride, there which was is very different than the Beatles. Very, very different. Yeah. There it, was an ache in there that mm-hmm. for some reason I could identify and relate with. Interesting. And I'm not a depressive person, but there was definitely something going on when I was very young. Mm-hmm. Where I just felt I, I, I was attracted to songs like Feelings and... Um, um, Story. Anything Karen Carpenter saying, basically, uh, superstar and whatever it was, 
and Oh What a Lonely Boy and mm-hmm. New Kid in Town and, mm-hmm. and all these you know songs. Jim Croce, Harry Chapin stuff. Just the, Harp- the lonely guy out there mm-hmm. <laughs> doing his thing. That's good. Did your sister ever get annoyed that you were just hanging out in her room looking at her stuff? No. That's cool. You guys were buds. Like it, it was cool. Yeah, my older sister, we were buds, and we'd like we'd hide out in her closet sometimes and hide away from the rest of the family. And mm-hmm. she had her David Cassidy posters in there and oh, stuff. Yeah. And uh, and we just hide out and like share family secrets and talk nah, 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 nah. Cool. and listen to music and stuff. So did you two ever get into some of the weed the kids were doing then? I never partied with my family. Oh, not once. Interesting. Wow. Ever. Well, had drinks, but nothing beyond that. that see, for me, I'll tell you, <laughs> if we're, we're going to go there. Yeah. When I was young, when I was like 10 or 11 or maybe hitting 12, my mom sat me down. And she's like, now, listen, you're getting to an age. <laughs> and I just want you to know you've got a double barrel kind of aimed at you. And what I mean by that is I've got the fat genes and your father has the alcoholic genes. Oh. And so you might be tempted and you might have people coming to you and offering you things. And... I just want you to be careful. It comes around alcohol or God knows what else. And I was like, yeah, don't worry. I had no desire to ever want to drink or smoke or swear or anything. Because I, I, my dad was, mm, he was mm, borderline rager. Oh, you never really? knew when he was going to kind of blow up. Sure. And so I didn't like that, it, the tension it created in the household. And so my mom said that. I'm like, don't worry. I'm fine. And then my parents divorced. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to a new town. Mm-hmm. So... I often refer to it as moving from like AM to FM in my <laughs> life because I was in Gre- we were in Greenwich the whole family uh, it was like ABBA the Bee Gees uh, Kiss Billy Joel mm-hmm. and then we moved to this new town Glastonbury and all the kids have like wispy mustaches oh, and boots and they're listening to Sabbath and yeah. Skinnerd and Floyd and I was and they're and they're drinking in the cemetery right across from my house oh creepy and I'm like <sighs> and like these are my new friends this is my new hood. <laughs> this is it. And I'm like, oh, I, I kind of want to fit in. I, I want to make friends with the people who live next to me. You and went from a sauce you know, to a greaser in like <laughs> <laughs> two seconds. Next thing you know, I'm drinking a warm Michelob on oh, the, quote, God. Zeppelin grave with these guys. And I made like the toughest guy laugh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can like, pull the thorn from the paw of the, I'm in. the maniac. And, and, and it felt good. But I knew from that moment on, I have to be very quiet about this this has to be my secret it, it's yeah. interesting how some some will will go into that world you know where where the the 70s and the early 80s you know was kind of a luscious period of time there the war in vietnam was pretty much universally disliked and the age of sort of like special olympics and and free to be you and me and and kind of a touchy feely period yes there were the drug elements and many got into it just by virtue of like being around it but it sounds like you were at least thoughtful mm-hmm. and aware of about what was happening like i gotta keep it on the down low well because once i know what the warning signs are it wasn't like i was a troubled kid who fell through the cracks it's like you crawled into the cracks almost kind of yeah. well i felt the effects of the crack <laughs> as it were and um i was like oh this feels kind of now i know why dad drinks every night uh-huh. now i know why dad hides behind the new york times with his legs folded and drinks that tinkly little drink on the side ah. <laughs> the tinkly and it was <laughs> gin and tonic mm-hmm. and um a pine tree drink and then i knew well, okay this mm-hmm. is this is my little that this is, is my little secret and my mom was deaf in one ear and um or hard very hard of hearing in one ear from a childhood accident 
And I was, always used to pray when I was coming home from high school parties at night that she was sleeping on her good ear. Okay. Because <laughs> so, I had to like walk by her bedroom to get to my bedroom. Amazing. <laughs> That's well. amazing. Did you have any like surefire ways to cover up? Like, were you uh I smell smoke, my mom would say, and I'd come in. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Rich smokes, and so the car gets kind of smelly. And That Rich. I mean, he ruins it for everybody all the time. Yeah. Ew. Rich. Or we were at a party, and people were smoking. Who was the bulliest time. bully in this last bastion of <laughs> hell that you lived in as an adolescent? You know, in in this uh, Glassmary High School. Who, who would not have listened to Carpenter's Ticket to Ride? Well, we actually had class redneck in the yearbook. What? Oh, congratulations. That's how kind of backwoodsy <laughs> this town was. Now it's like lovely yeah. assimilated into the 21st century. But back then we had class rednecks, and there were these guys, the McCarthy brothers. Oh, boy. And oh they boy. would literally come to every party, and everybody would just scatter because they were just looking to fight, <laughs> red-eyed, oh, just man. ready to lay down. And they didn't give a fuck who they messed with. <laughs> And they just wanted to get into fights. Did oh. you like reconnect with them on Facebook later? The McCarthy brothers? The McCarthy no. Brothers? no, no, no. Because I'm sure they're like very sensitive and cut and like have families and they don't even think about it anymore. It's just like normal. They just had rage in their eyes at that time. Hormones. Lord yeah. knows why. Crazy. Now they own McCarthy Funeral Home and they're yeah. the most compassionate. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we already killed the bastard, so might as well Modern just way. come around the back. Wow. All right. Well, let's do song number two. Johnny come lately The new kid in town Hello the Eagles <laughs> Hello <laughs> new kid in town Golden Sunshine Is it? For me with that song And the album cover Hotel California I swear it was like the calling card for California and me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to live here since I was 11 years old Watching Battle of the Network Stars and <laughs> I just wanted to play tug of war with Christy McNichol and <laughs> and do it at uh, what's Pepperdine University, you know, sure, yeah. where they used to film it, and it was just like that's my dream. <laughs> and uh, I don't think she would partake with a, you, gentleman, you a gentleman caller did. these days. But um, that was like my my main. Re- but anyway, the whole tune, "New Kid in Town," was just I related to it every time we moved, and yeah. mm-hmm. that makes I was a lot just of sense. always this new guy trying to like. Okay, here we go again. Mm-hmm. How do I do it? How do I introduce myself? Because kids don't come running up. Hey, new guy, come join us and be you mean part it's of the not crew. Like the movies? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Gosh, I mean, it's it, this is a journal type song instead of a journal entry. This song just can is a thousand endless pages of of that kind of like new kid in town experience. So I'm I'm very comfortable with moving, right? And probably less comfortable like. Stability? Having <laughs> close, long-time friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there any moment in your life that you can recall that was particularly good or particularly heinous as the new kid, like walking into a classroom? or I mean, I have some memories in my head of I didn't do a lot of moving. There was a, about a year when my parents were settling their divorce where I was at a grandparent's. I went to an aunt's. And then we kind of stayed with my mom and then with my dad, and then it settled. But it was just a year of moving. Then mm-hmm. everything was pretty much stable up and through college. Um, but anything stand out that was particularly rough or particularly cool, a kid or a group or a teacher? I mean, uh, well, I think uh, I, had, I had this great counselor in high school, mm-hmm. Robert Smalley. Mm-hmm. And he was just like the most gentle, kind man. Mm. And he just really listened. Yeah. 
and he would ask me questions and really listen. I, I was so not used to that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, when I go like sleep over a friend's house or something, mm-hmm. I would be amazed at like how their dad would like wrestle with them on the floor. Oh wow! I'm like, and I would get a little uptight, like, oh, don't get your dad mad. You know, because yeah. like my dad would kind of be angry. Calm down, <laughs> God damn it, that's enough. Yeah. You know, anytime I tried to like jump into the spotlight and do my little, do one of my voices or one of my shtick, my dad mm-hmm. would be like, God damn it, that's enough. And uh, so, <laughs> even today, that's like that residue is like, okay, I want to go and do this thing, and then I'm out doing it. I'm like, oh, I should probably step back because, because God damn it, that's enough. Down. Settle down. But um, I mean, not really. I don't really kind of do that. But I, I can feel the, I can feel the, the echoes of that right. feeling. You know, when I was a kid. What was it? You're married now for a number of years, yes. and you've been in the same condominium, same apartment. Yes. I've been to your place right. um, for Christmas yeah. uh, every year. Uh, the Atherleys do this wonderful. Hey, if you're alone, don't be. Oh, and, and these yeah. wonder. I, I went one year, and I, I the year that I went after being invited for like five years, I was in the deepest depression of my entire life oh. after that but we after because it was a horrible party they're <laughs> mean like, that, they don't they, they're like why saying? are you here no <laughs> no i was just I was I, like this I, is a sweet story I, and then you i, I was generally <laughs> like i was uh, the number one candidate for hey are you alone on christmas don't be come here we're yeah. having a thing and i and and it, it, it was the beginning of my turnaround because hmm. it, it, it re- we have a lot of mutual friends yeah and many of them were there, and it's that that kind of gesture. But now you're a homeboy, and you're how is that going? Uh, I have to th- probably thank um, a getting sober eighteen years ago, mm-hmm. and b um, my wife, who is like, I think for years I used to be attracted to the. Uh, undiagnosed bipolar girl who was in the Betsy Johnson dress and the Doc Martin boots mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. go along for that ride because yeah. it was so exciting <laughs> and you never know what's coming next. No. And, um, <laughs> like, I know. Like being dropped at a moment's <laughs> notice. Uh, but it was exciting and um, I think getting sober, mm-hmm. realizing what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't have to guess if I'm in a relationship with somebody or not. Mm-hmm. I can actually commit and they can commit Mm -hmm. and we both know we're in it you know Mm -hmm. at least yeah for the time and enjoying each other and clear and communication and and uh, so it took me till 45 years old to find a woman who was just like solid loving kind non-dramatic and and just giving of so much and i was like i heard it could be this way but i spent like 30 years not doing that yeah and um but you know i learned something from every relationship and mm-hmm. and uh so in the end i'm grateful for everything that i learned i just wish i learned it a lot sooner yeah you know yeah. what i mean I w- like i always wish i can go back to high school with the mind i have now and what i know and just look through everybody like mm-hmm, i know what you're all about oh and you mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool but Do you no, ever go great. back to visit any of those places where you lived uh yeah well glastonbury is where uh, i moved in like 79 started high school and so my mom still lives there, and my sisters are in Connecticut. And in Greenwich, I still have cousins and family there. Um, but I've never been back to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, though. It's kind of so out of the way, and I don't know anybody there anymore. Yeah. Although I found a childhood friend there on LinkedIn the other day. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God. We used to, like, hang out all the time. And 
we started a fire in a wheat field accidentally and what <laughs> crazy What's that fire engines coming around and he had a dog named Angus and they had a barn and it was we, it was just a great place I, to I explore. I love those kinds of friends. Yeah. It was like they're just a moment in time, but a lot happened. A lot happened. And if you did happen to have like a face to face reunion, it might be like, hey. Oh. But again, yeah, yeah, it's like like that microcosm for me. I remember Stuart very well. Right. I might be a blip in his memory and be like, you I have no it. idea what you're talking about. Well, give yourself credit. I doubt that. <laughs> oh, we filled on fire. That's pretty memorable. Well, let's just say he hasn't responded yet in about a month. Oh, you said oh, that's okay. because nobody uses LinkedIn anymore. That's right. That's okay. true. Yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. a geologist. He's out in the field. He's like, very yeah. busy. Yeah. Trying to recover that wheat field. <laughs> <laughs> Giving back. I till the land. <laughs> and now I must give back. <laughs> Angus, come here, boy. All right. Here's your song number three. Cigarettes and chocolate milk. These are just a couple of my cravings. Everything it seems I like's a little bit stronger, a little bit thicker, a little bit harmful for me. If I should No, the brand new. And then he goes into and then there's those other things for which several reasons we won't mention. And it's really about addiction and yeah. things that you just gravitate towards and you can't put down once you start. How did Cigarettes you find and this? Chocolate milk. Cigarettes and chocolate Rufus milk. Rufus Wainwright. Rufus Wainwright. Oh. His dad's Loudon Wainwright. Oh, right, right, right. And um, Wainwright, Wainwright, Wainwright. He's Wainwright. a phenomenal musician and mm-hmm. his songs are just, I mean, lyrically and musically, he's a piano player, but he's very orchestral and and flamboyant at times and um and this song, uh, I think I heard it in my my last years of kind of drinking and using. I think and just kind of came like, across it. I just randomly. just came across it. And I was like, "Oh damn, that's me. <laughs> that is me. I understand. I get this. This song. is before you got sober. Uh, I believe so. I'm not sure on the timeline, but right. it was either right just after I got sober or just before. And I know. I believe this gentleman also too got sober, but um, it was that recognizable feature of like, yeah, if it's not drinking or drugs, like when I got sober, it's like, I I feel like, oh, my addiction kind of jumped onto my credit cards and all of a sudden I needed sober things. Mm -hmm. I need, I need an actual bureau instead of like milk cartons for my socks and underwear. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I want it now. I want that Beatles art. All of it. That's way too expensive. I'll I'll take all four of those. (laughs) I, I, I get it. What's the nugget on this out of curiosity? I love this nugget so much. So Rufus Wainwright, his family was very close with the Cohen. So Leonard Cohen, who does oh. the Hallelujah song that we're all familiar with. Leonard has a daughter named Lorca, and Lorca gave birth to Rufus's daughter, which is weird because Rufus is gay and has a partner yeah. that he's married to. Mm-hmm. So all three of them co-parent this daughter mm-hmm. that was born... I want to say 2017. I didn't write it down. Oh, okay. She's young. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Isn't that amazing? That's it's amazing. That's, I, a, that's more than I know. That's a modern family right there. That's Very his, modern. His modern family. And, and I, I wonder, like, this song is noted for its references to addiction. Or is this what it well, means I think to you? If personally? you just listen to the words, you'd be like, yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. It's and, and, and it applies to, oh, jelly beans. It applies to relationships. It applies to... Mm-hmm. Whatever. When, when this song came Shopping. into your world, what what was your life like? Where were you living? What kind of place was it? I was living in San Francisco in the Lower Haight, and I was sharing an apartment with uh, two other guys. And um, it was the Lower Haight of San Francisco, which means like 
mm, tourists just accidentally would end up there and be right. like, Ugh, mm. this doesn't feel safe. Uh-huh. And then they'd find, go back, go up to the upper hate. Where was, they it have hate was it dangerous? Was it pretty dangerous? Uh, there was like projects just like a block or two away. And there were a lot of kind of crack dealers around. Street crime and stuff. Like and at one that. point I had a bullet go through my window. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Because I had the front, I had the front window. With the bay windows, kind of uh, on just off street level, uh-huh. okay. and uh, I heard the thing, and, and I was thankfully in the next room, and I heard. And I was like, <gasps> "What was that?" And then and did the cops come looking for the yeah yeah you know, so that kind of craziness. So, uh, so it was uh, it was you know it was the last dregs of my thirties. Uh-huh. You're doing the corporate nine to five thing. Uh, no, uh, yes. Wait, was I? I was. St- yeah, I was still. Yeah. I think that's why I drank so much. It was just the well, miserable what, what, spending <laughs> yeah. 40 to 50 hours a week. It was like sales kind of stuff, corporate? or uh, just I was dealing with like consumer relations. So oh, I was okay. dealing with like store owners who sold the jeans and okay. you know, that kind of thing. What's the greatest thing about living in San Francisco? Or what was it then? Well, I'll tell you, I it wasn't. it didn't happen until like I got sober because my world was so small. I would go from my apartment to Safeway. To get my supplies, <laughs> mm-hmm. Safeway aisle number 13 or whatever it was, uh-huh. make my way back. Hopefully, hopefully I didn't bump in anybody I knew and just set up shop. return with my, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what, this was my setup. I used to have a common room that I shared with two other guys and I called it my Captain Kirk chair. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> basically I would sit there and I'd have my remote. Mm-hmm. I would have uh, several VHSs from Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And three bottles of wine, mm-hmm. a bowl of weed pack of smokes and i was in heaven you were set and it's, i would drop the shades yeah. lock the door blah, 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 blah. anyway I, and i had roommates so i wasn't completely alone and sure. isolated but it was great when they weren't there too right and that was like so a joyful night for me your san francisco at that time could have been sheboygan could have been anywhere yeah so it was and, and how did it get better like afterward in reminiscence or did you well suddenly i had a lot more time on my hands to like not do that mm-hmm. and i started exploring the city and i started like going into the marina where i i had used to have a, a resentment against people in the marina because they were like the clean cut former frat guys who were making money in finance and uh-huh. they had the great views of the golden gate bridge and okay. fuck those guys uh-huh. okay. yeah. but anyway uh, I, I take the 22 fillmore bus and i go to the top and there, there's these stairs that walk down and the the bay is just spread out before you yeah. the golden gate bridge is over here and it's just like my eyes opened for the first time and i was like look at this glorious city Wow. Incredible, yeah. And I'd yeah. be in the lower hate, kind of just like mm, doing my little things. Now, this Rufus Wainwright song isn't one that you would just naturally catch driving down the street with with the radio on. I mean, you have to you to, to hear this particular song. You have to ha- either own it or have some kind of access to it. Well, when possibly you it was kind of a big song for him. It's still popular when he plays it in concert and stuff. It was no. I'm, I'm it was my, not- my point notable. is as a as a listener when when you when you listen to your music or yeah. you, you know how how does that work for you i know for me like i have a pretty extensive collection now on digital dig- digitized music it's it's in the thousands of songs you need to show me I and how to do that myspace was still around <laughs> <laughs> it's called my friends that give me free music <laughs> uh and and uh you know so when i when i my my music listening kind of is whimsical like i'll go for weeks if not months where i'm just listening to talk radio and i'm catching a, 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 a little bit of something in the morning that just happens to come on Spotify or what have you. But what's your process when you want to listen to specific songs? When I, when I go to that place, it's a it's couple times a month 
maybe even a couple times every three months for me. What's your process? I am so old school. Yeah. That like I have a, a loft where I work mm. and I've got my my voiceover booth set up there in your home in my home mm-hmm. and so I just kind of wheeled my chair over and but I have all my vinyl up there as well mm-hmm. and CDs mm-hmm. that's what I do I play vinyl and CD and when I'm in the car I bring like a stack of like five CDs for the week mm-hmm. to my car mm-hmm. like that's what I'm gonna listen to yeah you, you program your, your <laughs> if I'm commute. not listening to like <laughs> NPR and it's uh, I, I just like it that, like I like listening to, to a full album and you'll sit down. I'm not a fan of like song, 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 song. I like like a like, full album. And like I'm gonna. It's almost like the Captain Kirk chair minus the cigarettes, wine, and yeah. bowl of weed. It's now the the office chair, the sound system, and I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna listen to this music. Yeah, but it's not like I sit back like that. You know that Bose speaker ad. Oh, from the, yeah, I <laughs> the that. wind in my hair. Yeah, it's like it's just it's there when I'm like I'm kind of working. Okay. At the same time. And I'll put it on while I'm kind of editing stuff or working on stuff. And then I'll turn it off and I jump in the booth and I do a couple things and auditions. And I'm a binge music listener, I guess, is what it is. Are you a daily listener? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Maggie? Yeah, daily. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And if I'm running or something, I mean. Mm -hmm. Because I'll binge and the kids and the wife will come home and I'll be dancing around the living room. And they're like, (laughs) oh, it's going to be one of these (laughs) nights. And I'll check this one out. And I I do a Y-Tune shuffle live like for three hours until they're so bored and angry I like uh, yeah. I like Pandora a lot in terms of streaming. I'm not I don't I don't I don't need to touch my music. Although I have the only place I play CDs is in my car. So all of the well, I don't drive a 2006 Honda Civic, so don't break in and steal any of them. You're only gonna get <laughs> you're only gonna get Taylor Swift songs, okay? Uh, Let me tell you. But uh, my 2005 Scion XA is kicking ass on the streets of LA because nobody wants anything to do with it. Yeah, and it looks great, but. There's no electronic un- door unlocker. Yeah, you, can, you know yeah. you have to be old school criminal to get in. Yeah, unless you're going to break the window. But that's yeah. amazing. My XB, my Scion XB, hey. 2006, two hundred forty thousand miles. Holy wow. mess! Six trips across the country. Twelve actually, if you're going back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah, yeah. But that's how I like to do it. So Pandora, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I like this band. Like my sister will introduce me to something. I'm like, oh, I like that. So I'll put it in Pandora, and then they'll play songs that are very. Similar bands that are yeah. kind of in that same genre, and I'm like, I'm discovering all new things. Like it's amazing. But my problem is, if I discover new things, then I want to purchase them, and mm-hmm. and then I'm like, Ugh, that's more all I have. Stuff. All I've purchased is like four Taylor Swift albums. That's all I've got on my iTunes. <laughs> now you know. There's just oh so my much. god, you found this song. There's so much out there. This is number four. Song number four. Or the way you must be instead of the way you could be mine it's church man it is so church it, it i get tingles right now just listening to it me too i've and never heard it before who, who is it what's the song this is the jay giles band it was what? their it was their last album no peter wolf peter wolf had already left the band and this wow. was their last record together without peter wolf so that's the drummer Stephen Joe Blad singing, mm-hmm. and I don't know who the choir is. They're amazing, and what I love about it is like the choir are just as loud as the lead singer and yeah. the band, and it go it oh it just gets even bigger and bigger as the song goes on, and it just like when that comes on in my headphones, I am like jumping fences, my fists are in the air. It's your power it is song. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, and power it's like song. nobody knows it. 
Where did you hear it? No, How did you find it? Because I bought that record years ago, like 1984 when it came out. And it's just one of those nuggets that like nobody knows about. Uh-huh. Nobody is. But it's so it's it's so huge. Were you in Connecticut in 84? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. High school. Probably. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I graduated high school in 83. And Me then too. I worked a yeah. year uh, traveler's insurance for 80. My parents made us all work a, a year at a job. For, for a year before we went to college just to, oh. so we know what working felt like and then we can go to school or you know mm-hmm. maybe bring some spending money or whatever that's that smart that's cool and and yeah. this was something you bought with your money you were earning by yourself in 84 yes and uh-huh. the post post high school what was the what was the fm station that was rocking connecticut whcn 106.9 fm WHCN? and also wccc with the lich <laughs> The list. And uh, <laughs> Shelly Finkel would come on, and they talk about all the upcoming concerts. That was uh, something I'd always tune into. Oh my God, Tommy Nass, WFN. Do you remember the, the like the Comedy Hour? The Comedy Hour, where like they would just play syndicated they, show. I, it was syndicated, I think so. Yeah, and like it, they would have the sound of like a dials chaining changing, like and then boom, they'd land on like George Carlin for oh, like yeah, five yeah, minutes. Yeah, 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 and they'd, go, yeah. and they'd have. Penny Youngman or something. When I was a jock, um, God, I wish I could remember the call letters. I'm getting so old. But I had a show where I would do uh, Reeling in the Years, and they would send us these LPs. Yeah. And it was a hosted show that was recorded and put on on LP records. And all I would have to do is, this is is Dave Waterman at WFNL or whatever. What what the hell name of it was? WAAF. And this is Reeling in the Years. And I just hit the, the button. Are you reeling in the year? So, so it was kind of yeah, like the yeah. comedy thing. Yeah. I love yeah. those kind of shows. And so you're digging that? Uh, I, w- I wish I did radio. I, I, you know, it's not too late. I was a snob because at my college, which was Connecticut State Uni- no, Southern Connecticut State University, a little school in the shadow of Yale, uh, <laughs> their radio station only transmitted to the cafeteria. <laughs> and I said, that won't do for me. I, I need an audience. I need more than a snob. Not an audience eating a submarine. You know, you could do it. Or you could hero. just do what we're doing and get your microphones and you had all that music and talk about it. I wonder. I know. Actually, I'm going to talk to you guys about this after the. Yeah, thing. I think your your Instagram channel could be its own podcast. That was pretty. Because yeah, right now it's rocks. just it's just pictures, but I don't know what's allowable and that's the thing. Music is, is, is yeah. who, how do you get the licensing and the permission to play the entire song? That's, yes, that's that's I can't thing. afford licensing. Let yeah. me just tell you. Let me drop the nugget that I found on this song. I know that Peter Wolf isn't in this, as you mentioned. However, Peter Wolf was the lyricist of the band. He dropped out of high school to become a disc jockey. Mm-hmm. WBCN, the and Rock of Boston. And WCN, known as Woofa Goofa. <laughs> Whamma jamma, Diggy. Woofa Goofa. <laughs> I saw Peter Wolf open up for Steve Miller Band two years ago at the Greek. Cool. No and, uh, so I'd never gotten to see Jay Giles, but it was like so cool to see Peter Wolf singing Jay Giles Wait, songs. Peter Wolf does that uh, Rapunzel, Reputa the Buddha. Reputa the Buddha. Put your locks Let down your hair. Let me climb up the ladder of your love. <laughs> Yeah, that was such a great lick, man. Yeah, oh he was a rapper, man. He was a your, rapper. your tunes are taking me back to fall on the East Coast. Mm. For some reason, it's yeah. the fall. I'm gonna meet some friends. I'm wearing a jean jacket. Fall is very. Uh, I mean, it's in our bones. I think. Yeah, just that that t- and, and out here in L.A., it's like we get fall every three months. It's almost yeah, like fall type. Well, I, st- I, I feel like I'm still hibernating. It's like it's like in my in my northeast bones or jeans or whatever like right i feel like i'm in hibernating because like i'm not running 
I'm not going to a gym. Right. I'm not like out on the beach. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just kind of snacking. <laughs> Sitting around. As you should. <laughs> have you seen cold. what's on Netflix lately? Yes, oh. I have. Yeah. Yes, yes. You're doing just fine. All the right things. All right. I'm sad to say, but this is song number five. Just when I find a way for me and I say, here we Wow. Nice. Very nice. That's uh, Justin Townsend. That tune. So I, I moved here married to somebody else. And mm. um and I guess in the Hollywood way we split up within three years of being here. Mm. And I was in I had moved out. I was in my own apartment on Martell. Uh, is after the of, divorce north of sunset yeah, yeah. Okay. and um and i was exhausted you know when you go through the end of a relationship and stuff and divorce and everything um and it's probably like five months six months after i'd moved out and normally i take years in between relationships often not of my own choice but um and then I met this woman at like six months and like there was something so genuine and nice about her and just simple and grounded. And um, let's see, we were, we were I invited her over to see a um, an Oscar film. Yeah, because she had an Oscar party like mm-hmm. at her house, at her condo. And we watched the Oscars with, with a bunch of bunch of people. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen that film yet. And I'm like, oh, I have a screener if you ever want to check it out. And I wasn't thinking in terms of like, oh, a date mm-hmm. or let, her, let me get her into my home or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and the movie was precious. Brutal, brutal film. Right. <laughs> Not a first date film no. for getting cozy. So I was pretty much like, yeah, we're safe. You know, this, is, this yeah. will be fine. This will be a screener. And she came over. But as the days were getting closer, like I was getting nervous. And I was like, oh. God, what's happening? I, I can't I can't be getting in a relationship right now. I'm not even technically done with the divorce because in California from the time you file the papers, it's like six months till it's final. Right. And um and I was in the middle of all that. And um and so we watched the film, we were like, wow. Um and then uh, <laughs> no one's feeling particularly romantic after that. But uh and then I we uh, we ordered a pizza and we're hanging out and then this song came on and and we kind of started slow dancing to it. And it's and the song is here we go again. It's like I was I was kind of done with relationships for a while and was ready to like not be involved and wasn't looking to. And then this person came along and and uh, and this song kind of kicked it off for us. And and um, there uh, there was a voice in my head that said, don't push this away because it feels like bad timing. There's something really nice here. And it's we're now 10 years later and she's my wife and, you know. It was like the first time my gut was like on point. Yeah. <laughs> and that in the best like, possible and, way. And, 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 I have goosebumps, yeah. Me too. Yeah. That that is why tune shuffle. Yeah. That is why the tune shuffle. That, Where that was is she a at, at that song. time, like in her headspace, like she was wide open and available and wanting she knew everything that was going on with me. I was very open and explained where I was at and she's like, Well, you know, um, you know, we can just take things really slow and just keep me abreast of like how things are progressing with the divorce because 
you know, to her credit, she doesn't want to get involved with someone who's like one foot in, one foot out, and yeah. oh, I'm dealing with my ex and I've got trauma and whatever. Um, and so I just tell her uh, as think how things were happening, and and we really just took our time, and um, and then uh, six months later, she had um, a, a roommate move out of her condo, and she's like, you know, and I was just about to sign a new lease for a year in another apartment. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know. I could use a roommate. Would you want to try it? And I was like terrified. I was like, uh, right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to like move in. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to some friends. They're like, at the absolute worst, you can try it. And, and if it doesn't work out, then you can go sign a lease somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I like that. that. That sounds good. And I think when we moved in together, it just kind of, we were just natural good roommates together yeah. and partners, and it just cemented the deal. And one of the yeah. beautiful things about social media is that I've been involved in, in your life, <laughs> even though we don't see each other as much as we once did. I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you follow me. In the, I see some of your stuff, and I don't know. No, I, I do. I, I see that you guys often travel up to Oxnard or up to you, uh, did you Carpentry. Buy a, Carpentry. Carpentry. Did you buy a place up there? I thought at one point it looked like you moved up there. Yeah, well... Um, uh, let's just say her her dad purchased a condo up there. Ah, her dad played polo for forty years. Wow! In the Santa Barbara Wait, like polo club. Polo? Oh okay. wow! The real polo. Oh, the horses and horses. The, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Big swimming family. Different kind of and, funny uh, hat. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we have this like one bedroom condo up there that we can just go hang out at on the weekends just to escape Hollywood and breathe air. Yeah, as I four go minutes these, from the beach. these angry political posts and these really sarcastic memes, and then I see you and your lovely wife, like, seemingly enjoying carpentry. And, I, and at one point I thought, these guys have moved. I wonder if they moved. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just over, a weekend thing. And you're over in that, that part of Hollywood that's called, what is it, the area? Oh, Hollywood Dell. The Hollywood Dell. Do you know, Maggie, what the Hollywood Dell Hollywood is? Hollywood in the Dell. Yeah, what, why do they call it like you yeah. live in an area called the Hollywood Dell? Why is that? I don't know. It's adorable, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, totally adorable. <laughs> I have no idea why it's called the Dell. See, and you mention that all the time in your posts. It's like I, here I am walking through the Dell, and they're beautiful gardens, and Aww. you know, a shoe, one shoe, or something like yeah. that. But it's the Dell. I thought there was well, something you know, special. It's like, about yeah, I'm not it. taking pictures of like my pile of bills. No, no, no. no. Here I, I am paying my. Point is, I'm in financial crisis in the Dell. <laughs> point is, because of your music background and, and L.A. vinyl rocks and all of this stuff, we I've been wanting you to be on the show for for so long, and it's just like I, I can always find you. And that's the nice thing about social media. Yeah, because I, mean, like I got connected. off of Facebook at the end of 2018, and I was just like done there. You're just an Instagram guy. I'm just an Instagram God bless guy. You. Yeah. I envy you. It felt so good. Yeah, and it was so easy because I was it because we you know it, it was it was like I got a reminder like congratulations on your 11th year with Facebook, and Ooh. I just felt like. <gasps> Wasting my life. I've spent way too much time here. Yeah. Well, God bless you. All right, let's take a brain break. We're going to pass things over officially. Great songs, by the way. David Earl Waterman. We're going to play a game called Band Name or Bar Name. That's right, Maggie Mayfield. (laughs) It's time again for the Y-Tune Shuffle original game show. Is it the name of the band or is it the name of the bar? Right now, our guests, Mark (laughs) and Maggie, will travel with me throughout the world and stop in... How do you say it? Mykonos? Mykonos. Mykonos, just outside of Greece. A Greek okay. island. Yeah, a Greek island, actually. It's one of, the, one of the boroughs of Greece, I suppose. Mykonos. <laughs> and uh, we can imagine ourselves like meeting up just after about three in the afternoon after a great day of hiking and eating olives, olives <laughs> <laughs> and feta cheese. Here we are in the Queens of Athens. You're there with us. That's exactly right. That's how this game works. <laughs> 
And I'm going to mention to you guys an idea that I had for dinner. I'm saying, hey, let's go to Fivo's. You've got to try their food. It's amazing. And you know what? To top it off at Fivo's, Moni is playing at Fivo's. Moni, M-O-N-I. Oh, my God. Great band. And you guys can say, sure, Dave, why not? You know, good suggestion will go. But I could just as easily say, hey, you guys, there's a great restaurant called Moni. It's a great club, Moni. You're going to love it. And guess who's playing there? Phoebus. Phoebus is playing there. So your job now, Mark, along with Maggie Mayfield, is which is the name of the band and which is the name of the bar? Is Phoebus the name of the band or the name of the bar? Or is Moni the name of the bar or the name of the band in Mykonos Island off of Grisinos? Phoebus. Phoebus is what? I think that's a singer. I think that's the name of a person. Phoebus? Oh, okay. Ooh. I was going to go separate. I felt, I felt like he sold the first one so well. Yeah. I'm like, that's obviously yeah. the, ba- the name. Moni is the band and Fivos is the restaurant Moni, Moni. or the bar. But yeah, maybe. They, yeah, I don't. I think Moni. That Moni. You're going to let's go eat some Moni. Well, yeah, if, if, you, if, you, if we're going to go hungry unless we make a decision. So right now you're saying, Maggie, Moni is the name of the, uh, the, the bar. club. We're the, eating the, the bar. Yeah. Gastro pub. Yep. And Phoebus is the. Uh, I'm saying Johnny Phoebus opened up a place down the block, and well, <laughs> Moni's playing tonight. Come on. Well, here, here oh, we're going the other way. Okay. Here we are, and this is the final answer. Do we answer. need to agree? No. Oh, okay. no. no, you no. Don't. <laughs> if you're at Igea Moni Square in the Mykonos eight four six zero zero Greece, you are indeed at Moni Gastro Pub. Wow, you got it. All right. Delicious Woo! Greek authentic food and Western customs. A great place for tourists to get together, hang out, reminisce about where they're from while enjoying where they're at. On the other hand, Phoebus is the name of a singer. Maggie, you are absolutely wow. right. He's a well-known songwriter in both Greece and Cyprus. Phoebus is mostly known for his music through Despina Vande and Katie Garby. Although he has composed albums for many other artists in Greece and Cyprus, a high percentage of the albums he composes receive certification, making him one of the most successful Greek songwriters of the 1990s and 2000s, selling over 3,500,000 records. Thank you very much. I'm going to need you to repeat that. I didn't quite catch what you just said. I, 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 I got hypnotized in this Wikipedia about Phoebus. I apologize. It's Has he ever played the Greek? No, oh, Phoebus at the Greek. No, Gosh. he's not. The Greek at the Greek? <laughs> well, congratulations. Just for playing the game, you're a winner. But Mark, your job's not done with band name or bar name. Oh. Every week I research these different places where we go to set up the game mm. for about an hour. And uh, your job is to take us somewhere for next week's show. Anywhere in the world that might have a special place in your heart. You've been there. You've not been there. But where will we go next week for band name or bar name? I would say... Uh, the place of my spiritual regeneration whenever we get to go is Hanalei Bay. Hanalei Bay, Hawaii. Hawaii. Kauai. 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 In Hawaii. Kauai in Hawaii. <laughs> cool. Well, thinking very hard, we would love to hear the story of your very first concert experience. <laughs> <laughs> your very first concert you went to. It's not very cool. So? Oh, even better. <laughs> 1977, Westchester, New York. Comedian Kip Adada opened up for the Captain and Tennille. <laughs> that explains Muskrat it all. Muskrat Love Live. Oh, my wow. God. Who'd you go with? 
Uh, my sister and my cousins, Pam and Sandra, and their mom and dad took us. Oh, like a big group thing, like, yeah. I was like 11 or 12. Kippadia? Kippadada. Kippadada? I've Remember? never heard yeah. of this. He had like a fish song. <laughs> he was a comedian. <laughs> oh, you, you were totally... Oh, you had a horrible, so- a horrible song about fish and... Uh, <laughs> It was like a kind of a rap about fish. Did you do you remember much about the concert? I don't imagine there would have been the smell of hemp in the air at this one. Maybe Sounds there like would a kid's be. Concert, no, maybe. there's like a smell of Paco Rabanne and a lot of plaid <laughs> pants and <laughs> you know white bucks and it was like Westchester County, New York. It was. Uh, what was the venue? Do you remember? The Westchester Premier Theater. The Premier Theater. Yeah. <laughs> I still have the ticket. Uh, you do in my in this photo album I have. That's amazing. I, I had a massive crush on Tony Tanil back then for for God knows what reason. It's the haircut. I know. And I'll tell you, I almost picked one of her, one of their songs for this thing, but I was like, I, it, next time. Can I tell you how excruciating this was to winnow it down to five songs? <laughs> we I'm know. Like, <laughs> am I going chronological or should I just pick five cool songs no one's ever heard before? Yeah. I did a little bit of both. We know and we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all great stories. What about the last show you saw? Last music you enjoyed live. Uh, the one that's jumping to mind is the psychedelic furs at the Troubadour. Cool. Yeah. Troubadour. Yeah. It was fun. phenomenal. Mm. It was a love fest between audience and band and back and forth. It was like so great. The Troubadour still rocking on. Yeah. And that was just recently. Uh, yeah. Wow. And they're coming out with their first album in 17 years. See, it just don't quit. That's the whole idea behind this thing called life. Don't quit. Don't stop. Yeah, 17-year hiatus. Don't quit school. No. And then you'll get an education. You can do radio. Yeah, stick with the dating, and someday you'll find that perfect someone. This has been so inspirational. <laughs> Keep coming up to bat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How do we stay in touch with you? How does our audience argue music? Where are you? What's your corner of the internet? How do we how do we find what you're up to? Well, voiceover stuff, they can go to markatherley.com. And then for Instagram stuff, they can go to for rock and roll stuff, they can go to LA Vinyl Rock 77. Mm-hmm. And for VO stuff, they can go to Mark Atherley VO on Instagram. And that's where we can find you. Yeah, I love that. Mark Atherley, thank you so much for bringing your songs and just so much detail to Thanks for having thought. me. Oh, yeah. it's great. Sheesh. It's great. This we is appreciate cool. appreciate you guys so much. You are cool. So thank you for <laughs> being here. David R. Waterman, thank you for being the best co-host ever. Thank you to yeah. Weed Sellers for sponsoring this episode of Y-Tune Shuffle. <laughs> My father-in-law is going to love it. So <laughs> celebrating the individual, celebrating the music. I've been Maggie Mayfield. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and share. We're also on all the socials at Y-Tunes Shuffle. Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Y-Tunes Shuffle. 